Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning, DMV. What up? It's AWOD. The son of the junks is back. Time to get up and at him. It's the freaking weekend. Let's talk some sports and have some fun. You're listening to DC Sports Radio 106.7 The Fan. Live from the nation's capital, I'm Adam Epstein, and this is AWOD Super Short Show. Caitlin, I hope you got that reference there. Uh, so stick with me until 10.30 a.m., all right? It's a shorter show because we've got Virginia Tech pregame show coming up after that. There's so much to talk about today. Phone lines are going to be open throughout the show, 1-800-636-1067. The Wizards defeated the Mavs without Chris Dops and Bradley Beal, which leads me to wonder, why wouldn't Washington shop one of the two and start the rebuild process around the youth that they have? College basketball season is underway. Michigan narrowly defeated Eastern Michigan last night. Hunter Dickinson was spectacular with 31, but Imani Bates was the star of the night. I mean, that Memphis transfer is NBA ready. He looked like a young Brandon Ingram to me. There's a lot of talent in this upcoming NBA draft. Wouldn't you love multiple first-round picks? Phone lines are always open for AWOD Radio. 1-800-636-1067. But first, I wanted to set the scene for one of the biggest games of the season. Monday Night Football against the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. It's a division rivalry. And it's a shot for Washington to get back to that 500 mark which would surprisingly put them right in contention for that final wild card spot. So we're going to be talking a lot about this Monday night football game. Of course, phone lines are open, 1-800-636-1067. I'll do a quarterback debate with you guys. Win or lose after this next game? When Carson Wentz is fully healthy, are you giving him the keys to the franchise? Or are you sticking with Taylor Heineke for the rest of the season? Or maybe you're one of those weirdos out there that believes in all the rookies in the NFL, and you're like, oh, I can't wait for Sam Howell to get in there. We'll do a quarterback debate later on in the show. I'll give you my keys to victory against the Philadelphia Eagles. And I want to talk about the ownership change and the fact that I am completely over the name Commanders now. Like, I can't even call them the Commanders to my friends. I feel stupid. I hate this name so much. A new name can't come soon enough. I'm so over this. Commanders crap. Phone lines are open 1-800-636-1067. Monday Night Football preview here. So Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts set a franchise record streak of 11 straight regular season wins, which includes three of them against our Washington Commanders. Well, two of them last year when we were the football team. But Hurts will look to build on those numbers when the 8-0 Eagles host the Commanders from Lincoln Financial Field, the link, on Monday Night Football. The Commanders sitting at 4-5 and five right now on the season. 
And the last time these two teams met, the Eagles beat the Commanders 24-8 to on the road in Week 3 of this season, with Jalen Hurts passing for 340 yards, three touchdowns, but the bigger takeaway for me was that the defense was able to sack Carson Wentz nine different times. The Eagles haven't played a game since last Thursday when they defeated the Houston Texans, so they are well-rested, and playing their fourth game in prime time. In prime time already this season, they took down the Minnesota Vikings, who we saw Washington struggle with last week. On Monday night in Week 2, they defeated the Dallas Cowboys, and Sunday night in Week 6, like I just mentioned, or excuse me, last week on Thursday night, they defeated the Houston Texans. The Commanders now have Taylor Heineke under center. So what does that mean as the difference for the offense? Well, you've got a guy that can scramble around. You've got a guy that can make things happen. And hopefully you have a guy that won't get sacked nine different times. Heineke was on a two-game win streak. And the team was on a three-game win streak before that was snapped against the Minnesota Vikings last Sunday, 20-17. to But when Washington was leading 17-7 to early in the fourth quarter, there were Heineke chants from the crowd. And it felt like this entire fan base was all in on Taylor Heineke. And one interception, and now you've got a lot of people ready to turn it back to Carson Wentz. Ron Rivera said after the game, it can be feast or famine at times with Heineke, who of course is 9-9, and just average. That's what he is. He's average as the starter for Washington. But he's done things, quote from Ron Rivera, but he's done the thing needed to give ourselves an opportunity. And I felt that way when Washington came back and beat the Indianapolis Colts. And I felt that way in the second half against the Green Bay Packers. But watching that Minnesota Vikings game and the amount of times our defense got a stop and got his great field position, I sat back there and I said, he's just not that guy. It's so hard to win with a guy like Taylor Heineke. He does not put up enough points on the board. He just doesn't. Why are the Eagles undefeated this season? I think it's obvious. They're the lead in the NFL with a plus 15 turnover margin entering Monday Night Football with an NFC East showdown against the Washington Commanders. That's 12 interceptions, 6 fumbles, and they've only given the ball away 3 times. Jack Del Rio told reporters this week, quote, It's the most important stat in football. There's no secret that they're on top of the league right now in that category, and that directly leads to them being undefeated at this time. Philadelphia's turnover margin blows away other teams. They are leading the NFL in second quarter points. What happened the last time these two teams met? They scored 24 points. They didn't score another point the rest of the game, but that was enough to get them the win. Nick Sirianni told reporters this week, our goal head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Our goal every week is to be plus two in that turnover category. Plus two is a goal for a reason because we plan to take care of the football and we want to get at least two turnovers during the defensive game. So we think that's sustainable. Washington on the other side, turnover rate 4.2%, ranks last this season. In fact, it's worse than every team at this point this season since 2015. Which is so frustrating because you're seeing this defense get home. You're seeing defensive tackles Jonathan Allen, Jerron Payne. They're top five. Top five among defensive players with tackles for losses. They're stopping the running game. They're forcing quarterbacks to move from their spot. But they're not causing the turnovers. 
That's the biggest thing. You get to the ball carrier, you're bringing them down, but you got to generate turnovers. That's the last thing that's missing. Got to figure out a way to cause turnovers if you're going to be successful against this undefeated Philadelphia Eagles team. How did Washington do stopping Philly last time these two teams played? Well, Washington held Philadelphia to a season-low 72 yards rushing in the first meeting. But it was the Hurts three touchdowns in the second quarter and a season-high 340 passing yards that made the difference. Wide receivers A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith combined for 254 yards and two touchdowns. The key, for me, is to make Philadelphia dink and dunk. Dink and dunk, dink and dunk down the field. Eventually, forcing Hurts to make a mistake, an incomplete pass, and then a third and long, and you take advantage of that. You get your defense off the field with a good pass rush. But that second quarter against Philly last time was just plain bad. Why did it happen? Because of the big plays that the Commanders allowed. The explosive plays that you've heard about all season. The Commanders have allowed 39 big plays, meaning runs of 15 or more yards, and receptions of at least 20 yards. That's tied for 19th in the NFL. It feels to me like this game is going to be won by the turnover battle and the amount of big explosive plays each team gets. Can Washington overcome an early deficit? I don't think so. Can Philadelphia create a second quarter offensive burst like last time? Gotta watch out for A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. I will say the difference is you don't have William Jackson III, you have Benjamin St. Juice, and he's played well over the last month of football. If this is a close game, I worry about Jalen Hurts' ability to rush and keep a drive alive. The I, You know, a lot of people do point out the turnover margin for the number one reason the Eagles are undefeated. I look at third down percentage. Jalen Hurts just finds a way to pick them up. If it's a third and two and he scrambles out and he picks it up with his legs or he throws to Dallas Goddard or he tosses it out to his running back in the flat and they pick it up. Washington, their best chance to win this game, in my opinion, is to take a two-score lead early and then pound the rock. Mix that in with maybe a couple deep shots in the second half to McLaurin and Samuel and maybe you connect on one of those. But you got to find a way to get a 10-point lead. That was the game plan against Minnesota. I think it was executed to perfection for three and a half quarters. When the crowd was chanting Heineke's name, Heineke, Heineke, we all felt like everything that Ron Rivera did that week of practice, everything Scott Turner came up with, everything Jack Del Rio did was working out perfectly. The Vikings were 7-1 and, and one at the time, and we had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. What I'm doing if I'm the coach, I'm recreating that exact same game plan against this Philadelphia Eagles team. If you want to chime in, 1-800-636-1067. 1-800-636-1067. Or you can tweet me throughout the show at AWOD Radio. That's A-W-A-D-D-R-A-D-I-O. we got a shortened show today up until 10.30, taking you up until Virginia Tech and their, their pregame show as they've got another matchup in the ACC that kicks off at 12 noon. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to DC Sports Radio, 106.7 The Fan. Welcome back. Caitlin going with some throwbacks today. I feel like I haven't heard this song in 15 years. How about that? I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio. Phone lines are open 1-800-636-1067. An injury report 
and game plan here for Washington. So Terry McLaurin, the Eagles killer, as I like to call him, has 37 catches for 570 yards and has scored three touchdowns in seven career games versus the Eagles. Back to 2019 when he caught five catches for 125 yards and a touchdown. The next game that year, 130 yards and a touchdown. And the most recent game against Philadelphia, Terry McLaurin had six catches for 102 yards. Didn't get into the end zone, but he was impactful for Washington. He was the best player for Washington's offense that game. So that is a big part of the game plan for me. Phone lines are open. You can chime in here throughout anything, uh, any part of the show. 1-800-636-1067. 1-800-636-1067. Will Chase Young be back this weekend? Jack Del Rio was asked about that, and he said, I wouldn't call him full speed at this point in everything he's doing, but he's working at it, giving it everything he has. When he's right, we're going to play him. Until he's right, we're not going to play him. You'd think that Washington needs Chase Young back, but maybe that's not as necessary as you may think, right? Deron Payne is one of four NFL players with at least five and a half sacks and ten tackles for loss this season. He might not even be the best defensive tackle on the team. Jonathan Allen, last year's Pro Bowler for Washington, has four and a half sacks, 11 tackles for losses, and he has been eating up double teams on the interior of the offensive line. On the edge, you have Montez Sweat, who leads all defensive players with 16 QB hits, so he might not be getting all the way to the quarterback, but he's getting close enough to make contact with them. That's pro, per, per, pro football focus. Behind them, F.A. Obata's played well, James Smith-Williams, Casey Tuhill. I don't know if you rush Chase Young back, especially if Coach Jack Del Rio says he's not 100%. 1-800-636-1067. Let's go out to the phone lines here. Members of the AWOD Army, let's go to line one. We got Shane in D.C. What's going on, Shane? Hey, good morning to you. Hey, Adam, you're doing a great job, man. You're getting better every week, my friend. Way to hold it down here in the D.C. on Saturdays. We need a good talk show on the weekends, and you got it, man. I appreciate Uh, that, man. Go Commanders. That's right. Hey, here's the thing, man. Heineke's got to go the rest of the way. I don't care seeing Wentz right now. The only reason why is because – uh, here's the thing. I'm a businessman. It's $32 million, man, and that's what's costing against his cap. And look what we lost because of the win. Look what we lost on, on just the depth on defense because of that, you know. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, it's a beautiful day for football, college football. Go Volunteers. And, uh, you know, I think that the commanders right now defense is playing lights out. We just need help from the offense. And at this point, I don't see we'll see uh, uh, when I think he's done for the rest of the season. I think yeah, let me, let me argue that for a second with you, all right? So against the Philadelphia Eagles this Monday, let's just say Taylor Heineke lays an egg. I mean, we've seen that Eagles defense get after quarterbacks. They sacked Carson nine times. Let's say they sacked Taylor eight times. He fumbles it twice, throws two interceptions. You're telling me with Atlanta and Houston coming up, you're not going to give Carson Wentz a shot? No. Here's the reason why. Because if he finishes the season, don't we have to give up a second-round draft pick? Ain't that part of that draft? If he gets over the seventy percent mark, but after missing uh, no. three games now, you could you know finagle it. Where at the end of the season, I heard Grand Danny talking about this. You put in Sam Howe when the game's out of reach at times. You put in Sam Howe week seventeen if we can't make it into the playoffs. Problem is, there is a chance that we're competing for that last wild card spot at eight and eight, or even at seven and nine towards the end of the year because the NFC is so bad. But here's the thing: is that I truly believe, and look. 
I will agree with you. Carson Wentz was trash. I mean, it was not fun watching him play. But I truly believe all he needed to do was watch Taylor Heineke have success, and that would change his game plan. That would change his style of quarterbacking. I don't think he would throw it deep all the time anymore. I think he would understand, hey, I need to dump it off to the running backs in the flat. I need to get Curtis Samuel more involved. I need to throw it to Terry McLaurin on these comebacks and these slant routes rather than just bombing it to him. And I really think that Carson Wentz can learn from his mistakes and be better than Taylor Heineke because of his arm strength, because of his prototypical NFL-type body. Yeah, but that body cannot last 17, 17 games. Let him prove it. He can't prove it. He can't prove it. Therefore, I think he's. I think he's actually done in the NFL. I think he's actually done in the NFL. I think a backup is. Is I don't think. I don't think he's done in the NFL. He may be a, a glorified backup, but I don't even see that at this point. You might be right, man. I appreciate the call. Thanks, man. Thanks a lot. One eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. So offensively, Washington needs to score more than eight points. That's what they scored against Philly last time, right? And they need to score more than their average on the year, which is eighteen point eight. If Washington's going to actually have a legit shot of winning this game. I think they need to put up at least 24, what Philly scored last time when they won 24-8. to Defensively, Jack Del Rio knows the defense has to play better in this rematch. They have to play better in the rematch with Dallas. They have to play better in their two games against New York. Or he might be out of a job at the end of this season. Jack Del Rio said, quote, we're going to go in and compete. Here's what I'll say is the biggest difference defensively in the last two times these two teams have met. It's the emergence of Benjamin St. Juice. This is probably going to be his toughest test, though. As much as I think Justin Jefferson is fast and a great catcher, and he showed that off last weekend, he does not have the size and strength of an A.J. Brown. You might not have heard of A.J. Brown when he was in Tennessee, because all they did is run the ball with Derrick Henry. But he has certainly proven that he is a number one wide receiver this season with the Philadelphia Eagles. Can Benjamin St. Juice make plays? Can he grab his first career interception and be a game changer? Well... That's exactly what Commanders fans will be hoping for. Jack Del Rio said, quote, it's a big task. They've got a great big offensive line. I think they're very well coached. They've got excellent backs. And then the quarterback's a runner as well. So it's a tough ground game to slow down. We've got to be able to slow down this offense and stop them from being as explosive as they have been. Their receivers are gifted. They're really talented with Devonta Smith's speed and A.J. Brown's size and ability to win 50-50 balls. Jalen Hurts is playing spectacular. I feel like every week I'm like, all right, he's going to regress back to the mean. He's going to eventually throw some interceptions. He's going to throw you know, those lollipop passes that we saw from him in his first few years in the league. He hasn't done that. He's on fire right now, and it's hard to see defenses stopping him. They've got one of the best offensive lines in the league. How do you stop a team like that? Jack Del Rio does believe that the turnaround in the past five games, though, has been to the team fully buying into the system. When I say fully buying in, that's Jamin Davis succeeding and being able to blitz when necessary and also covering the running backs and the tight ends in the flat. He's gotten a lot better at that. The defensive line is playing great. And the thanks, the secondary, thanks to St. Juice, has made less mistakes. Right? They've still been scored on. There's still been third and sevens where Justin Jefferson beats St. Juice and gets a huge first down in the game. And that costs Washington. But there's not the plays we've seen before, like that game against Dallas, where CeeDee Lamb is open by 10 yards. And I think part of that was trading William Jackson the third. One of the biggest things I've noticed is stopping the run. Washington got gashed against Detroit. 
They just did gashed against the Cowboys. Even the Jacksonville running backs in the first game of the season combined for 100 yards. But the last few weeks, I've really noticed the stopping of the running game. They forced third and longs, and that's what's gotten them off the field. Dalvin Cook is a top five running back in my opinion. Washington held him to under 50 yards. Where did he burn them? When Kirk Cousins threw it to him uh, when he ran a double move on Cam Curl. And he did burn us with that, but it wasn't with the running game. Jonathan Taylor was by far the best running back in the league last year. Washington held him to just 76 yards. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon held to 23 and 15. And Derrick Henry, King Henry, just five weeks ago, in a winning effort, the Titans controlled most of that game. But Washington, the D certainly gave Washington a chance to win that game. Carson just wasn't clutch. I know Derrick Henry had 102 yards and two touchdowns, but that's a guy that can get much more than that. So it feels to me like this team is actually learning from their mistakes. I think this defense is ready to compete against the Eagles. When Washington fell to the Eagles in week three, it was that disaster of second quarter where they scored 24 points. Can they avoid that this Monday night football game? I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Phone lines are open 1-800-636-1067, Raul, John, James, Alex, I see you on the line. We'll take your phone calls next on The Fan. I'm going to get up and at him and start your weekend here with DC Sports Radio 1067, The Fan. Can the Commanders win the ground game on Monday Night Football? The line of scrimmage, that's going to be a huge difference maker. In this matchup with the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. I keep talking about the last time these two teams met. The Commanders managed to keep the Eagles to just 72 yards rushing. Well, they had 87 yards rushing themselves. And that was without Brian Robinson Jr. Aside from that embarrassing second quarter. And it was bad. I mean, the Eagles scored 25, 24 points in like five minutes. Aside from that, Del Rio's defense was able to held... Jalen Hurts and the offense scoreless. The Commanders aren't just searching for a season-saving win. They aren't just looking for a divisional victory. Washington is looking to take down this season's last unbeaten team in the NFL. And I think that's going to give the players some extra juice on Monday Night Football when they head to Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. A 23-17 victory over Pittsburgh a few years ago. When Pittsburgh was undefeated. Then a 23-15 win over San Francisco. A 20-14 win over Philly. And Washington was in the playoffs. And gave a young Taylor Heineke a chance to compete against Tom Brady in a playoff game. One that we all remember where he dove into the pine line. And even though he didn't win, he became a cult hero in most of our minds. So the last time the Washington ended an unbeaten streak, it led to a playoff berth. Could that be the case this season? Certainly would feel confident if the team moved to 5-5 five and five with the next two games against Houston and Atlanta that this team could be on a roll by the time they face the Cowboys again, the Giants, the Browns, and the 49ers. Offensive coordinator Scott Turner said that Antonio Gibson will have to fill the role that J.D. McKissick has in the offense while he's still out with that neck injury. That means you're going to get a lot more Brian Robinson on first down and I think you're going to get AG on most second and thirds. Rookie wide receiver Jahan Dotson missed the last five games with a hamstring injury that he re-aggravated three weeks ago. 
Turner wouldn't say if he's definitely playing on Monday night, but said he's on track to play. That would give the offense a huge burst. Dotson was a full participant in practice this week, and he was so good in those first two games that it just it blows my mind that he missed five games. It's just so crazy to me. He was so good in those first two games. What could his rookie season have been like? Would he, could he have been the rookie of the year? Can't wait to get him back. What's going to be the difference maker in this rematch? Is it going to be Jahan Dotson if he plays? Is it going to be the starting quarterback, Taylor Heineke? Is it going to be Brian Robinson Jr. making the difference in his first game starting against the Philadelphia Eagles? Or is it this improved defensive line in the play of Benjamin St. Just? 1-800-636-1067. 1-800-636-1067. Let's go to uh, Raul in Alexandria. What's up, Ben? Hey, man. Hey, Awad. Hey, great show. Love listening to you on Saturday mornings. My question is this, right? So we realize that the offense actually, or the team actually does better when Taylor's in there, right? But Taylor's got some deficiencies. He doesn't have the big arm. Wentz has the big arm, but he's got the mobility of a cement statue. So why not, if, if, if Heineke lays an egg, why not go with Howell? Because I get it, right? He's a rookie, but he can also throw in the triple coverage like Taylor does. He can also throw two interceptions a game because he will because he's a rookie. But why not take the guy who's got the big arm with the mobility? That's- I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Let me, let me ask you a question. Do you trust and believe in Ron Rivera's talent evaluation? Absolutely not, and I don't believe in the two Martys because one guy was probably sitting there all day long eating wings before he got a job. The other one from Detroit, we all know how that did. And Ron's so risk-adverse that we're just so outdated sometimes that, like, play Howell if Taylor doesn't win. I know the guys play. I know the team plays better, and they they, they play with, like, more conviction when Taylor's in there. Absolutely they should, but why not try Howell if Taylor leaves in that late? So, so here's, what I'll, here's what I'll say, all right? And I, I do agree with you. I think Ron Rivera sucks, and I can't wait for him to be out of town here and a new owner, a new coach, new name, all that stuff. But here's what I will say. I do believe if Ron Rivera was watching practice and he thought Sam Howell gave them a better chance to win, then he would start him. I don't think it's, oh, he's a rookie, he's not ready. I think it's more of, hey, they're seeing him in practice, and he doesn't have the footwork right. He's not reading the field like Taylor Heineke or Carson Wentz. He doesn't go through his progressions well. I think if Sam Howell was ready, they would go to him. But I think the coaching staff believes he's not. True. Does Sam get the snaps in practice at all, though? I'm sure he gets them with the scout team, and I'm sure you know they're evaluating him. Uh, but you're right. They probably are more focusing on the game at hand. Um, it is an interesting hey, topic. Yeah. Let me flip the question on you. Do yeah. you trust Ron to evaluate Sam Howell? I mean, let's be honest. Even if we had, like, Joe Burrow on this staff, who on this staff can actually mold a quarterback? Like, do, their resumes don't speak that. Cam Newton is the outlier, right? And that was years ago. But yeah. who on the staff could actually – Diff out a good quarterback if it bit him in the butt. That's a great point. That's a great point, man. I mean, because I hate this coaching staff so much. I mean, Scott Turner's only in the league because of what his father did, Norv Turner, right? I mean, that's pretty obvious when you watch this Washington offense. It's so bland. It's so basic. Maybe they couldn't evaluate Sam Howell, all right? But I also say at the same point that is Sam Howell going to come in and make an immediate impact for this team? Is he going to come in and, and and light the world on fire? I don't know. You know, but I also think 
when you look at Washington right now and you look at this team with Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz and Sam Howell, I don't think either of these three quarterbacks are good enough to make take us to the promised land, right? And so I am a strong believer. I am. This is my biggest take in the entire NFL, that you can ruin a quarterback if you start him his rookie season. If he's not fully ready, you can absolutely ruin a quarterback. I've seen it time after time after time. But if you let him wait for a year... You see what happens to guys like Patrick Mahomes, guys like Aaron Rodgers. Those are the obvious ones, but there are a ton of other quarterbacks out there that waited for a year and you know kind of were able to take notes and figure out the style of the game and the, the flow of the offense. And It is so much faster from college to pro that I do think waiting a full year is better for Sam Howell in his future and his entire career. Does that make sense to you, man? Oh, absolutely. And, and last thing. Who would have thought Jack Del Rio would be the only coach on this staff earning his paycheck? <laughs> I know, right? I would have fired him. I would have fired him in the off season. It's wild. <laughs> have a good one, Awas. Hey, man, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate that. One eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. One eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. Or you can always tweet me throughout the show at Awad Radio. Some tweets coming in right now. Eddie, have a great show, Adam. I appreciate that. Thanks for listening, Eddie. Gus tweets me. Why not just give Tyler Taylor Heineke the Houston game also? It'll be a short week and ensure that Carson doesn't hit his 70% mark. Rivera can still put Carson in against Atlanta and be confident that we'll win. Ideally, Carson catches fire and we keep our second-round pick as well. I do agree with that. The problem is if Taylor Heineke wins the Houston game and his record is, what, 3-1 and one or 4-2 or and two as a starter, it's going to be hard to get the team to rally behind giving the keys back to Carson Wentz. Uh, Wilt tweets me, My DC sports brother, you're back. You're right. Went to the Wizards game Thursday night, and we need to shop Beal ASAP, run everything through coups. Yep, you could always chime in if you want to talk Wizards. I'm a huge basketball fan. How about the World Cup, which begins in just eight days? Phone lines are always open here on AWOD Radio. 1-800-636-1067. 1-800-636-1067. You're listening to Adam Epstein on The Fan. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD. The son of the junks is back. You're listening to DC Sports Radio 106.7 The Fan. If you're enjoying the show and you want to support me during the week, download the Odyssey app. It's free. You can listen to sports radio across the country, including a little bit southern to DC, right down 95 south, to Richmond, Virginia. Type in 910 The Fan and you can hear AWOD Radio Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 1-800-636-1067. I believe that we have yet to see the best of rookie running back Brian Robinson Jr. I truly believe that every week he is getting closer to 100%. You remember, just 10 weeks ago, the man was shot twice. Every week... This guy's a rookie also. He's learning on the fly. Every single game, he is figuring out the NFL flow and the speed versus college. You know, when to cut back. He did it a few times where he tried to cut back around the outside and he got stopped behind the line of scrimmage. It wasn't the right time to cut back. He's learning. When to hit it up the middle and fight for the extra yards and pick up the first down on third and short. He's learning that every week. And when to dance in the backfield. I totally feel like he is steadily improving. Every week now... He talks about he's watching film. He's finding ways to improve, little ways, little things that you know us fans don't realize. Ways to be more efficient. 
you know, stretching three-yard gains to four or five. That makes a huge difference. Huge difference. Brian Robinson Jr. is primed to be the biggest difference maker when the two NFC East teams meet on primetime Monday Night Football. As a fan, do we still believe in him as the franchise running back? I do. 1-800-636-1067. I believe he's closer than Gibson to breaking a big one. And that's all we need Monday night is one huge run that would change the defensive game plan and it could set up the play action, could set up the deep shot. Rookie running back Brian Robinson Jr. has totally handled a bunch of the carries since making his NFL debut five weeks ago. Last week, Philadelphia's run defense had a tough time slowing down the Texans and their running back Damian Pierce, who finished the night with 139 yards on 27 carries. Now, Washington will split the carries between Gibson and Robinson, but that's the key to victory right there. That's the game plan. I'd say, you know, 12 carries for uh, Gibson, 16 carries for Robinson, 28 carries for 120 yards. That wins us the game. Scott Turner was asked about Brian Robinson, and he said, I think he's doing well. He can continue to be more decisive. I totally feel that way when I watch him. Turner said, I think the more he plays, the more he's going to get comfortable. He'll continue to play faster and faster, and his speed and physicality will show up more and more. That's going to be a huge thing Monday night. Washington will have a different look up front than they did week three also. Right tackle Sam Cosme has not played since injuring his finger in week four against Dallas. Wes Schweitzer, who started at center for Washington against Philadelphia earlier this season, is on IR. The current commander starter is Tyler Larson. He is dealing with a back injury, meaning veteran... Nick Martin could be thrust back into the lineup if Larson is unable to go. So the offensive line is going to be an issue. That's why you have to run the ball. When they are dropping back and they have pass rushers coming at them, they don't get to push forward and fight. And that's the biggest thing for the offensive line. Is you get put you get punched in the mouth, then you get to punch someone in the mouth when you do a hard running game. So that's what I'm looking for. From the commander's offensive line. Phone lines are open 1-800-636-1067. 1-800-636-1067. Let's go to uh, Mark and Landover. Mark, you're on the fan. Top of the day, A-Wad. It sure is good to hear you, man, on Saturday morning, man. I'm really glad they put you on here. And I could not agree more with what you just said. Great show. But also about Mr. Brian Robinson. Is Man, you can just watch the guy run A-Wad and... I will tell you, man, I think he has a really big upside if he can get some blocking. Like when I called in, the call screener asked me what I wanted to talk about, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. All these people keep talking about quarterback this and putting all the stuff on Taylor and Wentz. And, man, people have to understand how are these how are these great quarterbacks this year looking that their lines have gone south. I mean, Brady's passing over 50 attempts in a game because, man, he's under duress. Yeah. And he sure has a lot more experience than Taylor. And I just think, man, it's complimentary football. And I think that, man, they should really think about drafting some offensive linemen. I'm with you, man. You look around the league, you made a great point there. I look at the Super Bowl champions, the L.A. Rams. They can't protect Matt Stafford. And because of that, he's turning the ball over and he hasn't been as accurate this year. The offensive line is the most important thing in football. I mean, I keep saying on my show week in and week out, unless you dominate the line of scrimmage, you need to either win the turnover battle, have a home run Hail Mary play, or make a special teams play to win the game. 
Most of the time in the NFL, it comes down to who's bigger and stronger at the line of scrimmage. Can Washington do that this weekend against Philadelphia? That's right, Adam. You're 100% correct. It's about it's a complimentary football and controlling the line of scrimmage. I mean, the line of scrimmage is one of the most important things in football just by the rules and how the game operates. Through reasoning and logic, how can you get away from that and expect to be successful unless you have some anomalies like you just mentioned? Yeah, and that's why it's so frustrating because Ron Rivera, I feel like, looked over that. He overlooked that in the offseason, and he didn't grab – an extra offensive lineman. We you know, lost Trent Williams a few years ago. We haven't adequately replaced him. Heck, I could say the same thing about Morgan Moses, even though I didn't think he was great. He had a ton of false starts and holding penalties and all that stuff here, but he was at least a solid guy we could rely on at right tackle. We haven't had that anymore. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. Thanks for the call, Mark. 1-800-636-1067. 1-800-636-1067. Members of the AWOD Army out there. Let's go to uh, Anthony in D.C. What's going on, Anthony? Hey, AWOD. How you doing? Thanks for taking my call. A long time listener, a long time caller, buddy. What's going on, buddy? What do you want to talk about today? All right, so um, I understand where you're coming from on the Brian Robinson comparison to Antonio Gibson. Um, and he'll be good on uh, first down, so we could be in second and short. Mm-hmm. But as far as a, bun- a better running back and closer to breaking one, then Robinson, I mean, then Gibson, nah, because mm-hmm. Antonio Gibson is a better running back. He's more explosive. Um, he runs better routes out the backfield. Um, he has the better hands. Um, he's more faster. But as far as running in between tackles, sure. I mean, I would get at the Robinson, you know, because you need a, a back that's going to um, put a little a little pressure on the defense and going, you know, wear them down. I get that. But as far as the criteria of what makes an individual a great running back, I think Antonio Gibson is is far superior. So than, let, than me, let me argue with you because aspect. let me argue with you for a second here because I I do agree the characteristics of Gibson make him a better running back. The problem is I don't think he has the feet. And when I say the feet, I mean, I don't know if that's about the chopping and 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 juke moves and stuff. But he gets shoestring tackled more than any running back I've seen in so long. It feels like every time he's about to break a big one, he trips over his own feet. Or somebody's will arm tackle him with one leg. And Brian Robinson is big enough and strong enough that I think he'll break through those leg tackles. So that's why I think he's close enough, closer to an explosive play. Okay, okay, that makes perfect sense. But you also got to understand when you're a running back and your momentum is going forward, any little thing can make you fall, even your own momentum at times. So, hey, I get it and I understand, but I think at least we got two running backs that's capable of of making explosive plays, and and that's what I'm very optimistic about and I feel good about the, uh, the future at running back position. Yeah, Anthony, thanks for the call. And if you're asking me would I trade Antonio Gibson a few weeks ago before the trade deadline, the answer is hell no. I mean, if this team is actually going to be successful, you're right. You do need two running backs. You look around the NFL, you know, it's running back uh, by committee now. You know, except for Derrick Henry. He's basically uh, the only guy that does it all himself. Uh, You look at Dallas, Tony Pollard's getting more carries than Zeke, and rightfully so. He's more explosive as a running back. He's able to break these 25 to 30-yard runs 
uh, that is helping the Cowboys. So if this Washington football team is going to make a stretch run here towards the playoffs, you need Brian Robinson Jr. to play well, and you need Antonio Gibson as well. I also think we need J.D. McKissick to come back from injury and be that scat back for us. Maybe it's Jonathan Williams on short uh, short down yardage this week against Philadelphia. I don't know, but what I do know is that Washington needs both those guys. They need Brian Robinson to carry the ball a ton and eat up first downs, and they need Antonio Gibson out of the backfield. I think that Taylor Heineke made the biggest mistake last week. I'm trying to think. I think it was the interception to Logan Thomas where he threw it across the middle. He threw it like five feet too high. He had Antonio Gibson wide open. And those are the kind of throws where you get it to him in space, and he can break a big one. He really can because there's nobody to shoot string tackle him. You know, he just uses his speed and boom, he's up 15 yards up the field. Heineke needs to use the dump downs more. And I felt like he knows he's the spark for this team. But last week I felt like he was trying too hard to be that spark. Trying too hard. It was like he's a lighter that's out of fluid. You know, he just kept flicking it and flicking it and flicking it. And it didn't stay lit. You're listening to AWOD Radio, 1-800-636-1067 if you want to chime in. DC Sports Radio 1067 The Fan with Adam Epstein. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.